You're listening to Good Morning Marlowe on Marlowe FM 97.5. At the moment, of course, we are living in the winter and we're also, in addition, living under lockdown restrictions because of the dreadful virus and the pandemic. So what I've been saying earlier on on the show was I guess that this year, more than any other year, the immune system and boosting the immune system is probably more important. But, of course, it's something we always look at in winter, isn't it, Matt, the, the immune system? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly something that comes under scrutiny a bit more in the, the winter um, people tend to think about it more. And as you say, I guess in the circumstances as they are at the minute, uh, it's a little bit more on everyone's mind. Right. So um, what, what I think we can do as part of the Health and Fitness Show now is to, is to tell people listening some advice that, that you can give, because I know this is an area that, that you look into a lot, some, some advice you can give maybe around the foods people can do or if not can eat and drink um, or the activities they can do to help boost their immune system, which hopefully should have the, uh, the effect of keeping away from any nasties and if any nasties do invade, then help get rid of them. What do you, what do you yeah, think? sure. Absolutely, we can do that. I mean, I think it's always important to remember you can't 100% control things, you know, control your immune system. You, you can't ever make yourself 100% uh, immune from things, but you can certainly reduce your susceptibility. Um, you can help optimize immune function and, and also not only kind of, you know, hopefully reduce susceptibility to getting things, but improve your body's ability to fight things if. Yeah, you're you're to pick up bugs, and we're always picking up things and bugs and fighting things off. So the healthier we are, the better that immune system functions. The more likely you are to avoid things and to to fight them off quickly and easily if you are. Uh if you pick them up. And as you say, it's, it's very good that the same things that you can eat and do that will prevent you getting them will also get rid of them or help get rid of them if you accidentally do camp to catch these nasties. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of a really easy method. I mean, to, it, with the immune system, you can't necessarily... There are certain things, and we can talk about a few, that are, you know, uh, lined up at looking at just protecting the immune system itself. But in general, the healthier you are, the healthier your immune system. Right. So if you can look at, you know, all the general health things that hopefully are being brought to the forefront of people's minds a bit at the minute, you know, the benefit of that is not only do you improve your immune system, but you're likely to improve your, you know, body composition, mental health, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So the first thing, first, the first tip is try to be uh, uh, more healthy overall I mean, in general terms, such and not specifically for the immune system, not targeting that, but just being more healthy in your life is going to help you uh, when it comes to fighting off these nasties. Yeah, I think sometimes it's an easier way to look at it in terms of, you know, rather than worry about every little specific thing and, and immune system, you know, the healthier you are, yeah. The, the better everything, unless you've got specific you know, ailments or things going on with yourself, the healthier you are, the better those things are going are gonna to work. And so we can look at some key topics, that, you know, the, the areas that I, we always tend to look at when we're looking at health, which is no different in terms of looking at the immune system, would be things like nutrition, as you already mentioned, sleep, daily movement, and, and stress management. And so maybe we can look at a, a few topics, a few bits of each of them, um, and if you can manage those things, then you're likely to, to be quite healthy and your immune system will function well as a result. I think that's great categorisation there. You've got four overall categories of things that you can just look at to try and improve, which will, as you say, both help you uh, boost your immune system, but also make you more healthy generally as well. Yeah, that's the whole idea. And I think just by, you, 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 I think people will be shocked at how, if you focus on those kind of four areas and do little bits in each, how healthy you can feel and how well your immune system can work. And I think, it also works the other way that it's surprising that just, you know, 
losing sight of sleep, of nutrition, of some daily movement and some stress, which funny enough is a real cocktail at the minute. It's very easy to do that with the lockdown restrictions, how much that can stack up uh, and end up actually hindering your immune system. So getting one thing right tends to lead to getting another thing right. Yeah, yeah. And, And you don't have to do huge amounts of each. If you can get, you know, a reasonable amount of sleep, a reasonable amount of nutrition, a bit of movement, you know, keep the stress under control, that can really, really mount up to, to big things. And if you lose sight of those things, it can quickly kind of snowball the other way too. Oh, great advice. Great advice. Let's come back to your list of uh, four overall categories. I think the first one you mentioned was nutrition, wasn't it? Yeah. So I think nutrition is a fairly big one um, with, with the immune system. So, I mean, there's kind of general and then there's some specifics we could look at. So I think generally you just want to make sure that you're eating nutritious foods. Um, I think it's really important sometimes the wording around diet, you know, there's words like good and clean, um, which tends to result in there being a foods that are bad and dirty, I guess would be the other, the, the opposite of clean. Um, <laughs> And I think that can make people, you know, worried and nervous. I I think that what you want to look at, especially during this time, you know, winter and the lockdown conditions is, can you eat foods that are, you know, nurturing to the body, nutritious to the body, supportive of what you want to do? So if you are aiming at improving your immune system, which foods can we eat that will support that? And the more nutrition your body has, usually means the best quality food you can eat, um, the more supported you'll be. So I think that's, you know, rather than writing about all the individual what's, if you can eat really nice, nutritious, supportive food, that's a great start. And I think secondly, you want to, everyone wants to try to aim at an appropriate amount of calories. So because that will, you you know, you don't want to eat too few. You've got to eat enough calories to support the body. Because if the remember, if your body is lacking the ability to rebuild itself after, you know, a workout or, you know, just sustain itself through the daily activities you're doing, it's not going to have the, the excess energy, the excess things it needs to, to fight things off. So if you're not eating enough calories, you're not giving the body enough sort of um, fuel to, to function, it's going to miss things. It's not going to be able to fight things. It's not going to be able to do its job well enough. So simply eating good amounts of nutritious foods, the right amounts for you. And that means not eating too much either. You know, a good body composition. We're not talking about athletes or bodybuilding, but just, you know, a healthy, you know, BMI or body fat percentage, however you want to think of it, or just weight in general, um, will really help. So eating good nutritious foods and, um, and eating an appropriate amount of calories. And then we can look at some specific groups, um, if you'd like to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff you're saying so far. I mean, it always strikes me as it's, it's quite a narrow uh, a path to walk to get the right amount of calories. But certainly if you get good quality food, that, that helps. So you can be a little way off that path, a little way off the exact calorie number you need if the food you're getting is of high quality and is nutritious and good for you. But uh, you, you need to be fairly accurate because you don't want to start putting weight on, you don't want to start putting the extra fat on. And equally, you don't want to have an insufficient number of calories that cause you to lose weight and not have as you say the resources the body needs to boost the immune system so it's, it's, it's quite a narrow path but as we were saying if you eat healthy nutritious food then that path can be a bit wider i think so and i i think you're right and i, I think it can it can almost be off-putting in terms of you know what are you going to do are you, are you going to count every calorie you put in how are you going to measure it 
No, there, there's some newer ways that I, we tend to use in terms of sort of hand size and portions that can can give you ideas. I, I think to really make it easy for people, though, if if you eat nutritious foods, they're much harder to binge on. It's much easier to kind of get a sense of, you know, if you're eating a salad, or, you know, I mean, salads might be the, the most boring, healthy option I can think of. But if, if, like, if you're eating a normal sort of roast dinner, meat and veg dinner, it, it's much harder to go overboard with that stuff than it is with desserts, with, you know, alcohol, with, with other things. Um, so I think that's always a good start. And someone once gave me a bit of advice, which I always quite liked, was, you know, if you, if you can't be bothered with calorie counting or if it's too difficult, if you roughly aim for 80% full, most of the time, yeah. So you're eating, you know, you're satisfied, but you're not full to the brim. Then that's probably enough. That's, that's probably about right. And if you eat slowly, and you eat nutritious, like wholesome foods, you'll probably get a sense of I'm done. I'm, you know, I've eaten enough to satisfy my hunger, but I'm not so full that I need to kind of lay down. And usually, you know, that done most of the time will probably get you there. Absolutely. I love your phrase about that uh, no one's ever binged food on lettuce before. No one's ever binge eat, et, eaten lettuce. No, I don't think so. I think people eat, that. we tend to eat, you know, when you're eating the, the nutritious, wholesome food, you tend to eat what you need and, and that's it. And that's not to say that you can't eat, you know, tasty, binge-worthy stuff. But if that's in the house all the time and that's on the plate all the time, that's very easy then to get into, you know, we've eaten too much of it. As I'm sure off the back of Christmas, everyone, including myself, has experienced absolutely uh so let's come on to some food specifics I, I think you have a few that you want to mention yeah so i think some some kind of fairly well known but worth going over um food categories um the, these often are looked at as like strengthening um and supporting the white blood cells you know which are important in the immune system of uh battling things off so firstly you've got protein i think protein is quite an often underlooked food category um, people often talk about, you know, fats and carbs, and that's often in terms of, uh, you know, weight management. And, you know, protein often, I think, gets lumped into bodybuilding. They're the people that need to worry about eating protein. But they're, you know, a really essential building block of uh, antibodies. So if you're not eating a reasonable amount of protein, your body is going to, you know, struggle due to the antibodies and stuff, which help us fight off things. So protein's a good one to start with. Obviously, there are loads of sources of where you get your protein from. You can get, you know, it from meat and stuff. Um, obviously, vegetarians can get it, get protein from different sources. You know, beans, lentils, other places. Uh, nuts and dairy have sources of protein. If you're and if you're short on protein, there's there's good quality protein supplements. Um, you know, which can be a bit of a minefield. There are also some very bad ones, yes. but it doesn't take it doesn't take too much searching to find some some good alternatives. Um, so I think proteins are. Um, a good one to start with. Obviously, quite well known ones, vitamin C and vitamin D. Um, so, vitamin C. Sorry. Vitamin C is well known for for the immune system. I remember taking it from when I was a very little boy just to help fight off the colds and flu. Yeah, I think vitamin C is probably the most well-known one, but worth, you know, uh, reiterating. Vitamin D is probably, uh, you know, that's been talked about a lot in the news over the last uh, year or so, I guess, with... Uh, they seem to, th there seems to be quite good results with vitamin D, you know, helping to build up the immune system and being important in the fight against uh, coronavirus and stuff. And I think vitamin D is an important one to think about because probably right now, especially with the weather in the UK, people aren't getting enough vitamin D. Yeah. 
I mean, it's usually recommended that if you don't live that near to the equator that you take a vitamin D supplement. And we're certainly not near the equator <laughs> and we're certainly not spending that much time outdoors at the minute. So, and, but it's a really important one in terms of the immune system. So vitamin D is often something that if I'm not a huge advocate of supplements, I don't take sort of a lot myself, but I do take vitamin D supplement. Um, and having spoke to numerous nutritionists through the years, that's usually the one that they say most people um, could benefit from because it's very hard to get adequate amounts of vitamin D um, in this country and certainly in the winter and, and certainly you know, with lockdown conditions and stuff now, it's probably something people are struggling with. At the moment, it's very easy to be deficient in it, isn't it? So definitely want to go uh, to, to go on your shopping list. Um, and the other two that I th- um, are sort of known for the immune system is zinc. Yeah. Um, not necessarily a well-known, people don't often talk about you know, how much zinc they're eating. Um, but zinc's actually quite a, a cool one to talk about because if you eat kind of the, the well-rounded nutritious foods we were talking about, your zinc kind of will be taken care of without really thinking about it. You know, you get good amounts of zinc in things like chickpeas and lentils and beans, and you get a good amount of zinc through uh, meat and through dairy. So if you're eating a well-balanced um, diet, zinc being very important for the immune system, but not something you necessarily have to think about because it should be taken care of. Um, but I thought that was an interesting one to, to throw in because it is important, but actually it's a, you know, a nod to just eating nutritiously and it's something you don't, then don't have to think about. Exactly. It's not something I ever think about, but I do try to eat nutritiously. So I presume I get my zinc from that, although I don't normally I don't check it. As you say, it's something you don't have to worry about too much. If you have a, uh, a balanced, uh, well-nutritious diet, then you're okay on your zinc typically. Yeah, you'll get it. The, the secondary reward is that you will be eating enough zinc if you eat a, a, a well-rounded diet. And then the, the last one, um, which again is probably the second most recommended um, supplement from sort of nutritionists and, and, and people is omega-3s. Um, really important in helping sort of reduce inflammation and stuff. And again, it, it can be, you, you can obviously get good amounts of omega-3s through uh fish and things but i think it's something that in people's diet they lack a little bit of um especially if you're vegetarian um which is you know more and more popular these days um and there are really good vegetarian and vegan options for omega-3s now it used to be that it was just fish oils um which obviously doesn't necessarily help a vegetarian or a vegan but now you can find really good um alternatives so i I think vitamin d and uh, omega-3s um are something that you know very important in the immune system um, strengthening and something that we don't necessarily get, the, the, the average person doesn't necessarily get enough of. So they're too worth considering. Possibly, possibly getting the supplements for, yeah. Yeah, as, as well as protein, if that's not something that, again, if you happen to be a vegetarian or, or something like that, then that would fall into that category as well. What else can we do uh, in our daily lives? Um, maybe I think you mentioned sleep was a good category to talk about. Yeah, I think sleep is... I think sleep is often one of the most underrated aspects of health um, there is. And obviously that ties into the immune system very closely and, and not getting enough really, uh, you know, lowers our ability to defend ourselves. So it it's not a surprise really that, you know, you go, people go through a bit of sort of sleep deprivation. They don't get enough. You start picking up the sniffles and things really quite quick. Um, so I think it's important to get enough, Sleep. So usually you're looking at you know seven to nine hours, roughly somewhere within there. Um, you know it does change a little bit through uh, different stages of your life. Usually when you're younger, you need more. 
um, and as you get older, slightly less. But each individual um, will change. You know, some people do really well off seven. Some people do well off nine. Some people are outside of that boundary, but it's small percentages. Yeah. So when you hear of people, you know, like surviving, well, there's also thriving and surviving. So people can survive um, off of less than seven hours sleep. And with a newborn baby, I can testify to, I am surviving <laughs> on a, on less sleep, but not necessarily thriving the way I was um, when I was getting eight hours sleep um, a night. So don't, I think people often get conned by, you know, people, there are those stories of people having like really small amounts of sleep each night. And, you know, maybe they did thrive on it. Maybe they were just an outlier. Um, maybe they were just surviving, but most people are going to, you know, function the best at seven to nine hours. You also want good quality sleep. So you don't want it broken up, you know, as much as you can. I mean, waking up in the night due to a loud sound or a bang, that's normal or just rolling over, but kind of long periods of being awake through the night, you know, we don't necessarily want. There's also a huge benefit to going to bed before midnight. Um, so quite simple, you know, if you can get to bed before midnight, get between seven and nine hours sleep, um, and make it kind of good quality. So, you know, you got signs of good quality sleep are falling asleep fairly easily, not waking up too many times through the night, not having to get up and pee a lot during the night, not having to be up, you know, for hours in the yeah. night um, and waking up well, well rested. And if you're doing those things, then your immune system should be quite well supported. But I think in lockdown conditions, it's really easy to stay up a little bit longer, not worry about going to bed. I should think people's bedtimes maybe have, you know, eased backwards slightly. Um, so it would be quite easy to take your eye off the, the ball with sleep at the minute. But maybe on the other hand, people don't need to get up quite so early for anything. They haven't got a, tr a train to catch to get to town or something. or haven't got to drive into the office. Some of them won't be able to work from home. So it could well be that uh, at the other end of the day, people are lying in just a little bit longer. I always think turning the alarm clock off and waking up naturally rather than being woken up by the by the alarm clock is really quite helpful as well. But again, again, that, that doesn't really cover the quality aspect of the sleep, but, but you might get some longer sleep at that morning rather than the evening. I think it's, I do, I mean, I used to have the, the, the idea, um, again, hopefully I can go back to it one day, of, of at least one day a week not having an alarm. Just let, let your body do what it wants, you know, and if it if it happens to want to catch up a little bit in sleep and you get, you know, a 10-hour sleep or, or whatever it is, then that's fine. And if it doesn't, if it, if it wakes up early. Um, but I think the I think the before midnight thing is, you know, that's where the yeah. body does. Obviously, where we sleep is where we do a lot of repairing, a lot of, you know, rebuilding. So it's where your body can uh, fight off a lot of these things. I mean, it's no coincidence that when you often you feel poorly, most people want to have a you know, stay home from work or from school or whatever it is and have a sleep yeah. uh, and rest. So you want to do that before you get ill. So you, I mean, as I say, we're always fighting things off. We're always rebuilding and repairing. And by going to bed earlier, you know, you try to follow the rhythm of the sun as much as you can. Obviously, you know, no one's going to bed at five o'clock in the evening at the minute, but the the more you can follow it, before, if you go to bed before midnight, the more repairing your body can do. There seems to be a lot of studies that show we do quite a lot of uh, repair work before kind of midnight. Yeah. So you don't want to miss out on that repairing time. So get to bed nice and early and have a nice, natural, long sleep. Wake up when, when your body wants you to, not when your alarm clock says you should. If that would be, you know, ideal. And, you know, OK, a lot of us have got to wake up to alarms uh, the majority of the week, maybe. But if you can, you know, negate that by going to bed a bit earlier and then when you can wake up naturally, do so. Um, the immune system will thank you for it. 
Right. What about people perhaps uh, more at this time than uh, usually tr- uh, drinking a, a bottle of beer or sharing a bottle of wine or something in the evening before going to sleep? Is, is alcohol going to help a good quality of sleep and is that going to in, in turn help the boosting of the immune system? No, no well, no, no. In, no. In, in, <laughs> in black and white answers, no. Um, so alcohol is an interesting one if you look at it in terms of you know, a food group is quite, you know, high calorie. And so it, it would fall into the starchy carbohydrate, the, the sugary end of things. And that as a food group doesn't really help us with sleep. So if you take away, you know, the the idea of alcohol, and obviously there's a lot of debate around it and, you know, people love a drink in the evening and stuff. And I, I'm not, no one's here to, to judge or anything like that. But if you just take it for what it is, which is quite a, you know, high calorie sugary, thing having we could then label it like desserts like other things the later if you have them late in the day it can mess with your blood sugar levels and that can disturb your sleep so is there anything wrong with with having some wine in the evening not necessarily does it have help with good sleep no it's not a, a good contributing factor to, to sleep does that mean you can't have any no absolutely not um but maybe earlier in the in the evening maybe not as much as maybe sometimes you do. And and if you're having sleep issues, then that's something maybe to leave out of your diet momentarily. Yeah, altogether, yes. Yeah. Maybe earlier and, and maybe quite not quite so frequently, maybe not every day. Absolutely. I mean, there are plenty of studies to show that there are, obviously, there are some studies to show that there's some health benefits to the odd glass of wine and stuff, but there's numerous studies to show that heavy drinking jeopardizes health. And if heavy drinking jeopardizes health, then the immune system must be tied yeah. into that. So points. it's points. not to knock drinking, um, it's just to use it appropriately, I guess. Good points. Well, I mean, a lot of people might take a little drop of wine to help with their stress. And that sort of brings me to the next point. One of your categories is stress management, I think. We're talking about stress management now for for help boosting the immune system. Yeah. So in terms of linking it to the immune system, if we suffer with kind of high stress levels, and I think it's really important to try and interject a definition of stress. So anything that kind of excites the body's what we call sympathetic nervous system, the, the fight or flight nervous system, anything that raises cortisol levels and stuff, it, it's considered a stress. So that means you can have positive stress, right? Exercise is a positive stress, but it is a stress. A roller coaster might be, you know, for a lot of people might be really fun, a fun thing to do, but hurtling along and doing loop loops is stressful. It will spike adrenaline and stuff, which is why people want to do it. Um, but it's stressful. So stress doesn't necessarily mean um, bad. You don't have to be going through bad times to to have stress. You could just have a lot of good stuff going on and your cortisol levels would come up and we would consider yourself stressed. The higher that our cortisol levels, the more susceptible to things like illnesses and stuff we become. And that's the link into the immune system, that it's basically weakening your your body. And you can link it to exercise. The exercise over the long term can strengthen your immune system. But momentarily, while you're exercising just after, you've actually lowered your immune system because it's a stress. Yeah. And your cortisol levels have gone up. Hence why people, there's a big debate about whether you should work out when you're sick. Um. And, you know, there are different answers to that and you can probably get away with a bit of exercise. But at the end of the day, while you're exercising, you're actually lowering your immune system. So if you're trying to fight something off, probably exercising at the same time, 
not necessarily the uh, the best thing to do. But over the long term, obviously, exercising is a great thing to do. So if your cortisol levels are high, we want to try and manage them to bring them back down. Alcohol, as we kind of said a minute ago, good or bad, is slightly more stressful on your body than water. If you put alcohol in, you know, it has to be broken down more. It has to be dealt with um, by the body. So it puts more stress on. So if you're really operating at, you know, high stress level, adding more stress, although psychologically really helpful and you probably will feel nice um, as you sip on the wine, physiologically not necessarily helpful over the long term. Short term, yes, understandable. We all do it absolutely. Long term, um, not necessarily the the best way to go because you're just adding cortisol on top of cortisol. So you're adding, you know, fuel to the fire, um, so to speak. So when we talk about stress management, what we're talking about is anything that tones down what we call the sympathetic nervous system and stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system. And the parasympathetic nervous system is also kind of known as the rest and digest system. When you're calm, you can rest well, you sleep well, and you digest food and everything much better. When you're on your fight or flight system, you you don't digest things. Um, That's why people, when they get really kind of nervous stuff, can feel sick, can feel nauseous because your, your digestive system isn't working. So we want the parasympathetic nervous system to be working. And that stimulates, you want to think things that are, spa like calm like right yep so you know reading a relaxing bath massage you know meditation breathing yoga tai chi those anything that kind of is in that realm that's going to help lower cortisol levels so i know that some people there are probably probably lots of people that find the idea of watching tv and having a you know glass of wine more relaxing in theory than doing a yoga class but physiologically looking at a screen and drinking wine is stressful on the system whereas deep breathing and a bit of stretching is relaxing to the system so you've got to find something that kind of ticks both boxes for you that you actually enjoy so you're not getting stressed out by you know having to do a yoga class or a title that you don't want to because that would be stressful so it's going to be something you enjoy and something that's actually um relaxing to the system and something that's beneficial and something that's not going to make the immune system worse because it's such such uh, an extreme activity and exercise that things are going to go worse rather than improve. Yes, and that is not to knock the other things. That's not to knock having a glass of wine just to relax yeah, yourself. Yeah. And it's just looking at long-term solutions and things that you know actually fundamentally are going to help from a physical level. Right. And uh, we're going to talk about exercise, but I think we've pretty much covered that already, haven't we? Because we're looking at non-stressful exercise, like you mentioned, yoga and relaxation level of exercise, rather than going to run a 5k as fast as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah. I think that people should realise that when you're talking about, you know, health and the immune system, fitness doesn't necessarily come into that. So seeing how fast you can run, how much, because how fast you can run, how much weight you can lift, how athletic you can be, even even saying it sounds stressful, you're clearly putting a strain on the body to see how fast you can go, to see how much you can lift, etc. So that isn't that is kind of fitness for us is a separate entity to health. Movement 
in terms of healthy movement is that's just getting the body moving, um, which, you know, is very applicable to, to this moment in time. But that's things like, you know, going out for a, a bike ride, going for a walk, just doing some stretching, walking about, moving about, not getting too stiff. The body fundamentally is a pump system. You know, it works on pumping blood and uh, all the nutrients we need around the body. So, but it needs to move to, to pump. So if, if you want the white blood cells and everything to move around the body and have the immune system working, we need to get it pumping, get it working. So going for a nice, you know, walk for 20 minutes, that's a great way. That's a very natural, the body knows what that is, way of pumping blood and everything else um, around the body. So you really want to think about getting daily movement in. That's really important to, you know, you, let's say you've had a good night's sleep, you've eaten all the right things, your stress is under control but you still want the body to pump uh, everything around in order for the, the white blood cells and the immune system to fight everything off. So, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to obliterate yourself doing heavy workouts and stuff at the minute because, you know, don't necessarily want to people, you know, we're stressed as it is, but just going for, you know, a walk or a bit of daily movement is really helpful. That's brilliant. Matt, great advice as always. One final question just coming from one of our listeners. Uh, Tony's been in touch, sends her a, a, a text message. Tony's asking, are there any particular breathing exercises that can help the immune system? Anything? Yeah, so, anything you can so breathing, breathing? Yeah. breathing's a, a really uh, interesting one. It would fall into the stress management side of things. Um, we can stimulate both sides of our nervous system through breathing. So if you want to stimulate the, the fight or flight side, you could breathe very quick. So if you you know hear someone running fast or when they're lifting weights, they'll be, and it's, you know, that'll come from your neck and your chest and that will stimulate the, the, you know, stress side of things. Yeah. If you take deep breaths, so in and out through your nose, if you can, and slow, if you can breathe, you know, they say the magic number is around about five and a half seconds in and five and a half seconds out. So somewhere between five and six seconds with the breath in and five or six seconds out. And that will stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system, the, you, you, your relaxing side of things. So if you ever find yourself a bit stressed and you can just take 10 breaths at kind of five seconds in, five seconds out through your nose, you'll feel yourself relaxed. And if you can do that through the, the evenings, maybe spend five, 10 minutes doing that, that's a really nice way to relax. That's great. Great advice uh, there, Matt. And uh, I hope that helps answer your question, Tony. Um, and before you go, Matt, once again, thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, great advice. Uh, perhaps you can just give a quick mention for your business. Anybody inter- interested in finding out a little bit more about what you do and where to find you? Yeah, so we're um, APS Fitness. Uh, you can find us at APSFitness.co.uk and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, yeah, come say hello. That's brilliant. Matt, thank you so much. Speak to you very soon. Thank you for having me, Chris.